0: Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Joe McIntyre. I'm here with Steve Walsh. Hello. On East Street Market, AKA The Lane, East Lane. Come
1: on, a pair
0: of and for a This week, uh, went back to my roots. We're returning to my roots together, Steve. East Street, where I lived uh, in my mother's womb. So, fitting as well, because uh, Lakeisha, of more Lakeisha fame, is pregnant. So, we're delighted to announce we're going to have a child in uh, the autumn. More, you've been hashtagging more Lakeisha, now that literally is the case. <laughs> the size of her. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about East Street this week, and as I said, um, my mum and dad uh, lived there while my mum was pregnant with me. Whitfield House, which is uh, owned by East Street Baptist Church, and it's a kind of uh, people. There's a load of bed sits in there, and various people I've known, that, you know, went to the church I went to, have lived there, and I think I, I'm pretty sure they still own it. And some people from the church live there, or whatever.
1: I was going to say, do you know anyone that's living there now? Not, I don't know who's there now. But I was there at one point, so more importantly, yeah, we took a wander down there just to sort of we were recording just to try and uh, capture the sort of spirit of the place and the sound of the place. And you do sort of think you you worry that the the spirit of the place would have died out a bit. I hadn't been down there for years, and I was like, I remember it being sort of bustling place and very loud, and. that's still there, isn't it? There's still a sort of old market feel to it.
0: Yeah, less there's less shouting, isn't it? But the thing is, people have got televisions now and stuff. They don't need to sort of entertain themselves by listening, by listening to someone telling you that he's got toothpaste for two for a pound. But
1: there's still some shouting, which I was, I was pleased about. Um, I where, uh, they are bored, not they? Well, where um, Gosh is now, it's on Berwick Street, and obviously It's Berwick Street Market. And uh, the first couple of months we were there, I was really disappointed because it was a very sort of quiet... You know, relatively speaking, a lot of bustle, but no shouting. But over the last month, one guy has clearly got a job, lot of cherries, because all he shouts out are, uh, you know, cherries, uh, £2 a pound. Has it not occurred to you, Steve, maybe that it's cherry season? It's possibly that. But it just seems odd that there would have been seasons before, and no one was shouting, and no one else shouts about anything down there. And the thing is, I quite like it. It's a proper market. But it's slowly driving everyone shop nuts because this guy's just shouting one thing all day, every day. It's more of a mixed bag down East Street, isn't it? You've got a few people shouting out various things. And we'll we'll sort of have excerpts from that playing through the show. East Street Market came out of the, the, the place it was in, the location it was in, mainly because of the fact that you've got two major roads either side of it. So you've got the Wharf Road and the Old Kent Road. And what would have happened traditionally was you'd get market traders heading towards the larger markets in central London, sort of Billingsgate and Smithfield, and they would, from the south, drive their livestock and drive their carts packed with goods up the Old Kent Road, up the Wall of Road. They, these two major roads would have been the sort of main arteries carrying the goods into central London for. I say the markets or the docks as well to be exported, um, and the interesting thing about the actual point where the market is is you had War of Common, where the Ellsbury is built now. You had this large, open space that was perfect for uh, livestock to graze and people to rest and set up sort of small camps on their way to uh, heading off to the city. And essentially, what happened is. East Street itself, which links the two major roads and would have lain against the, the common, became a natural spot for a market to develop. The market itself actually spread, down the Woolworth Road. I don't know if you know this.
0: Yeah, uh, Westmoreland Road a bit as well. Yeah.
1: yeah, but basically the pretty much the whole of the Woolworth Road was at one point just lined by stalls as a matter of course, and the market sort of ran along there, ran down East Street. So you had it sort of like adjoining the common and. Uh, running through these main roads. Eventually, the market is is regulated and established properly and established in East Street, so you've got the roads clear, mainly because uh, tram lines were laid on the wharf road, which meant there wasn't space for stalls anymore. So the market stops being this sprawling, natural mess and gets sort of forced into this long, uh, winding uh, lane that links the two things and that's that's the thing obviously the official name for East Street is East Street but it's also known as East Lane and the Lane because I think it linked these two major roads and it's a sort of interesting way of seeing how the area would have developed you'd have had the Wharf Road and the Old Kent Road as the two major roads so you've got the roads which are the the larger uh, sort of way to transport things then the, the streets would grow off that and they would be the places that people would live but then you have lanes which sort of connect these places. And even though East Street is obviously called Street, it, it works as a lane. It works as a connecting point between the two major roads. And obviously had streets running off that for residential purposes again. So 1880, yeah. Yeah, 1880 the market opens. And I think at that point it's sort of in East Street, but still uh, spreads onto Warf Wharf Road. But it's in 1903 when the tram opens that uh, it becomes purely... Uh, an East Street phenomenon and in
0: 1889 Charlie Chaplin born um there's no real proper record of his birth his grandfather had uh at least one shop down on East Street apparently and was like he's likely he was born in his granddad's house in East Street well Chaplin himself always felt that East Street was very visible mm. he always claimed it as his birthplace yeah
1: I don't think we should uh, give any uh, any airtime to any other theories? Well, there's there's a few blue plaques in Woolworth for places that he lived because obviously his family were performers, so they lived obviously quite, <laughs> quite an illustrious lifestyle. So they were they lived in a few places, um, so there are a blue plaques to a few places where he was known to have lived. But uh, East Street claims to be the place he was born, and more importantly, East Street was a place that Chaplin claimed he mm. was born. So we've
0: uh, we've got an episode on Charlie Chaplin coming up in. Uh, Probably December. We'll uh, explore what some of the more wild of claims s- on yeah, Charlie Chaplin.
1: Nah, nah, nah. Some of them are great though.
0: We'll come back to that later. <laughs> But yeah, there's a couple of significant anniversaries in December, so we'll um, be covering Chaplin then in some uh, depth. I, um, What was the first record you ever bought, Steve? The
1: first, m- me personally?
0: Yeah. Don't know. This is the thing. People just automatically go um, Blondie, or whatever, don't they? The first, I think it would have been God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols. It
1: would have been Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. In it would have been actually in Wars in Campbell Green. The first thing I ever
0: got was a pirate copy. I paid two pounds for it, so that's why you know I, I include it. Michael Jackson's Dangerous from a, a stall on East Street Market that used to sell cassettes with photocopied covers <laughs> so on side two is it the first song Jam? Jam who comes to man and there's like about five minutes of silence on the tape <laughs> I don't have it any more it's
1: honestly. not even a good copy how do you get that? how do you get five minutes of silence? what made you carry on? As well? why don't you just I think, just think just it was a it's fast forward what
0: you going to do as a kid other than fast forward through tapes I don't know what your childhood was like Steve but that's <laughs> mine was mostly filled with that You've got a
1: photo up in your bathroom, Steve, that is from uh, East Street, Mark Avenue. I do. It's a photograph of my granddad taken, I'd imagine... Patrick Walsh. uh, Coyne, actually, other side of the family. Stephen Coyne. 50s, maybe 60s, uh, the photograph's taken. And uh, I'm sure it's a photograph that a lot of people have versions of in their houses. Uh, It's basically my granddad uh, with... Uh, two monkeys on his shoulder that are wearing jumpers and trousers. <laughs> There's also... It's a great photograph. It's, yeah. a, it's a brilliant photograph. Uh, when, when um my aunt asked me when she came around my flat... Can I have it back? You said, no. <laughs> she said, why have you got a photograph of your granddad with monkeys on him in the bathroom? I went, it's a photograph of my granddad with monkeys on him. Yeah. Of course I'm going to have it everywhere. And it's just nice, first thing in the morning. Just sort of see. Uh, one of the first things I see every morning is... Uh, I'll take it he's no longer with us. No, no, yes, he's passed on now. But interestingly enough, uh, there's a, a, a photograph taken, I would guess, in 1985, 1984, 1985, of my sister in East Street Market with uh, yeah. monkeys wearing jumpers. and drugs. Different monkeys, And they're not living that long. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, one of my sort of most vivid memories of East Street Market. There's no photographs of me with monkeys on, I don't know if I was... Uh, terrified as a child of these little people climbing all over yeah. so my dad gave me um,
0: a stack of books uh, that make reference to East Street some uh, self published local history stuff and uh, the most uh, valuable one was Woolworth 1929 to 1939 nice and specialist <laughs> <laughs> by LJ Carter and it just kind of paints a picture of what it was like it just goes into incredible detail about prices of things and stuff And, you know, I won't, you know, it's a bit, it works as a kind of historical document, but it's not that entertaining. But he talks about, um, you know, there were people like organists down there and, you know, auctioneers, clairvoyants, lots of hustlers by the sounds of it. Oh, yeah,
1: that would have been, uh, you know, hustle to match the bustle. Did you hear about the um, hustlers on Westminster Bridge that got cleared off quite recently? No. You know, when you go across now, it's essentially, shell games and free con money all the way across. You ever seen that? On Westminster Bridge, yeah, yeah, it was awful. Like, it'd be you'd walk along the bridge, and there would be a guy with bagpipes, yeah, uh, someone selling those uh, nuts covered in yeah, uh, yeah, sugar, both, you know, legitimate. Uh, someone selling your name that he's bent into uh, metal, yeah, he's a co-hanger, yeah, yeah. he's always there. Um, but yeah, there'd usually be about half a dozen shell games, or you know, um, uh, and I'll explain those, where basically. Uh, a ball is hidden under a, a, a shell or a cup and yeah. moved around. And three-card Monty where the cards are flipped around you have to find a line. Am I
0: right in thinking the house always wins, dude?
1: It doesn't always win. The house will make a point of uh, losing the couple quite easily in front of you so that you're encouraged to chuck a tenner down and uh, then lose it. Um, but apparently, with the Olympics coming up, Boris Johnson was concerned about this image of, particularly that close to Parliament. Uh, but yeah. Although I quite like the idea of uh, the sort of Traditional criminality of Bankside, sort of seeping onto the bridge. You know these these things like free car monty and show games would have been happening for three hundred years on the same point, uh, pretty much. Um, So what they did, because there's so many of them, you know, obviously they have people doing lookouts uh, for the police. So you could, and it's a bridge, so there's no obvious way to sort of sneak up on them because once you approach one side, the lookouts will alert them and they scarper. Um, So they hired a London bus. And filled it with police officers. Why did you just get police to come from either side? And there's no way off, is there? Well, this, they, 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 still ha- they still needed the element of surprise, didn't they? Basically, these guys... It was only when the bus stopped and it opened. Yeah. And six officers jumped out that they knew uh, they were done. And basically, the, the bus just sort of, like, jumped along and released officers virtually on top of them. So they got all of them, uh, essentially. And I went across the other day and there was no evidence whatsoever of... Any illicit activity, no, apart from a bent ace of uh, spades, <laughs> a single bereft a... Uh, jack in the gutter, not this guy. But yeah, um, that's what I imagine E Street would have been like. There seems to be a, a lot of that. Yeah, and
0: yeah. Um, you know, like these obviously clairvoyance is the same thing. In it, but you could get like a de- uh, there's a stall that sold dead rabbits, skinned and cleaned while you wait. Uh, a guy called Tarzan that sold rock salt. <laughs> uh, Carl the Corn King, Cohen the Curtain King. Obviously, with Jewish people traditionally in fabric, of course. The rag trade. Uh, there's a black man called Lube, Lord Poofin.
1: I've heard of Lord Poofin before. He read a box called, uh, simply labelled African Herb Stuff. He used to uh, wander up and down the Old Kent Road as well, apparently. Mm-hmm. I've, I've read about him in um, Tim Moore's book. Uh, about London as a Monopoly board. He sort of travels round oh, the place okay. in Monopoly oh, board. And, uh, yeah, he talked about uh, Lord Poofing. And um, I became fascinated by And tried to find out anything else about him. But, uh, yeah. Prince Monolulu. I haven't
0: heard of him. Who was, you could find him through his uh, colourful robes. He was a tipster. He used to hang around uh, East Street. You know, you'd buy, like, uh, an envelope and it had, like, an envelope of a horse inside. Oh, nice. But the book, right... As I said, this stuff's... You know, all this stuff is so you, like, exactly how much these things cost and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, like, you think as holders who sold only bananas could judge the weight of each bunch just by holding it up and they were as accurate as any scale. right <laughs> <laughs> like, you ruined it there, sir. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, um, a lot of uh, reggae music, is it? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: You could buy, like, Ily Selassie shirts and, uh, Kid Rock shirts Yeah Kid Rock t-shirts Which I don't imagine having Pregnancy tests I'm sure I said two for 50p <laughs> Like uh, Why are you multi-buying
1: Pregnancy tests
0: <laughs> Well I suppose In case you don't get it And you use it the next month it? Stupid question For a man in my position <laughs> Yeah there's a Popcorn stall That's yeah. uh... Oh I'll tell you what As well right The um, I was I was kind of thinking back um, You know In preparation for the show just thinking to, you know Just bringing up some memories of uh, East Street as a kid, and there was always like that kind of Cockles and Ill's place on the corner near Robert Browning's school. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's long gone. I went past today in, and
1: it's that same spot. There's like a new one there. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean... The and most, there was another one further down. Well, the most vivid memory I have of East Street in terms of a particular stall in a particular spot is the toy stall. Johnny's. Yeah, which is, you know, first first corner on the right, um, you know, pretty big. And uh, uh, I don't know if it's still Johnny running it. I don't, I don't mean know. He's I mean, is dead, isn't he? But it's just, I don't know if it's his family. But it just seems. Well, there's another man called Johnny. It, even if it's a completely separate arrangement. has been replaced
0: by a robot named Johnny Five. Was <laughs> it Johnny Six? It's Johnny Five in uh, Short Circuit. Short Circuit.
1: Can you not bang the table? Because I'll get the blame for that.
0: No, but you know what, no, no, Steve? What? Uh, it We finished the sentence, then it, then it hit. So it's easily cut out. Oh, deliberately, all right, discrepancies. Deliberately, yeah. Uh, sure. uh, just for the
1: show, you just like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's my most. Have I, have I told a story about Transformers on the show before? No. Nah. Um, Robots in Disguise? Robots in Disguise, yeah. Uh, I guess it would have been Christmas '85, maybe '86, I'm not sure. Um, we were down East Street Market and there were a series of. Uh, transformers Called special teams That were essentially a group of five robots That would combine to form a giant robot So that one would be the body And the other four would form the limbs And uh, you could buy them uh, They were all sort of themed as well There was like a military one There was one that were all aeroplanes And you could buy them You know In Zodiac toys In Peckham Or in Robin's Toy Store in East Street. You you sort of see them in, in the regular toy shops. A wolf, for example. Um but there was I think it was the first sort of special team, even what there were special teams, there was this uh team called the uh constructorcons that were Decepticons that were disguised as construction vehicles. And they'd form a giant robot called Devastator. And that one of his hands was uh, the a scoop digger from a digger. Yeah, it's great, really good. <clears throat> um and uh, you can—they—they they never made it over for some reason. But we were down the uh, East Street Market, and I was looking at the toy store, and I realised that they had uh, the Constructor guns there, probably for like a fiver each. So buying all of them would have cost twenty-five quid, which at that point, that's a big Christmas present. Isn't it? it's a yeah. Big. But you know, it's—it's devastating. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be my best Christmas ever. Um, the packaging's all in Spanish. That doesn't matter because when I have got transformers, I've never read the instructions anyway. I'd work out how hard can it be. Exactly, yeah. It's designed for children, you know. Um So that was fine. I was like, "Can I have this for Christmas?" one was like, "Yes, you can." But this will be your main present. I was like, "That's fine." You know, I, I would I would have happily negotiated it to Christmas and a birthday and uh, and next Christmas. Not next Christmas. That would be madness. <laughs> that would be madness. Um, I asked for a keyboard. I was never going to play. Um, <laughs> did you have one? Yeah, of course. It did. It did you uh, do your cover of the uh... show yeah no that would have been before we didn't no, have a keyboard no. that was the only thing that stopped us from uh, <laughs> making <laughs> it musical youth style chart success um, yeah so I get uh, they're screwed away in a cupboard uh, ready to be wrapped up for Christmas and then about two weeks before Christmas the South London Press do a big story about uh, fake transformers flooding shops and markets in South London and mum was like, Isn't this the ones we got you? And I was like, I don't care if they're fake, yeah. you know. I just want uh devastated. But then the story went on to explain that um terrorists. Yeah, Shnot. parents shouldn't buy them because uh they're made with lead paint. Oh so 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 it's so? poison essentially. Was there uh, anyone before us it I mean, <laughs> The Romans, obviously, but <laughs> So Mum was like, We can't have them and I was like, I can't know yeah. so must have been devastated. <laughs> nice. Yeah, devastated, devastated, but not in that way. <laughs> Um, yeah so my mum sort of made the point that you know, and, and I had a sister who was younger as well you know I was sort of making Steve, deals I'm not going
0: to give you these toys they're going to kill you <laughs> okay mum fair
1: enough. <laughs> well I was sort of going I'll wash my hands after playing with them I won't put them yeah. in my mouth I'll, I'll put my hands yeah, whatever it gloves. takes my mum was like yeah but your sister you know all you've got to do is leave it out and your sister put it in her mouth and I'm like Okay, I could, I could see the logic but uh, so what did you do with them? chucked them out um, Gone forever. Why don't you put it to a charity shop and kill, kill, kill less more children than yourselves. That's what is yeah, all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's my um, abiding memory. I don't blame Johnny. You know, how do you know he you just got a good deal on no, some, he's
0: some knockoff kids toys? That been and certified. the thing is,
1: to be fair, that's the anticipation I had of having devastated Christmas. That's the most pleasure I've ever got out of a toy I never played with. If that makes sense. Just the fact that I knew I was going to have that player on Christmas Day. Made for, like, a couple of months, I was, like, buzzing off that. It was uh, it was great. So thanks, Johnny, if anything. Mm, Donnie. Also, in terms of uh, toys in East Street Market, my mum had her second ever Saturday job in Robin's Toy Shop. Her first one was in a handbag shop. that was just up away. And uh, she started on her first day. And uh, they set her to dusting the handbags in the shop. And my nan came in. To see how she was getting on, and he said, "What are you doing?" And mum said, "I'm dusting these shelves." When I went, "Why isn't she on the till?" I want her to learn how to use the till. And I went, "Well, we're not going to put her on the till first mm. day, You can just dust." And when I went, "Get down, get down," and uh, said, "She's not working anymore." And that was uh, two hours in. Has she was, ever uh... been
0: to Gosh to get you to?
1: Uh... <laughs> can you get him doing some proper yeah. work? Your granddad's out there with a monk on his back. Do you
0: think I've? <laughs> A monkey? I think i got time for this. monkey. You said monk.
1: You'll see it in the edit. People somewhere. will realise. <laughs> I like the idea of guy um, now kind of with a monk on his back. So. Um, yeah, so my mum works in Robin's toy shop and still reckons it's probably her favourite job ever. She said, uh, the guy Those was... Those were a great two hours. <laughs> no, no, the two hours was the handbag shop. She worked in Robin's toy shop here, for ages. Yeah. Um, and loved it. She said, uh, yeah, he was really nice. Uh they would, uh, any time a new batch of toys would come in, he'd close the shop and they'd play with the toys. Because his argument was, you can't sell these things unless you know how they work and mm. you can't sort of sell. And he used to do like these great displays in the window. I was doing some reading about the market and uh, a guy was saying about how he remembers from his childhood uh, an action man diving figure in the window of Robbins oh, wow. in like a fish tank filled with water. Oh, and wow. it had, they'd set up some sort of thing uh, so it looked like bubbles were coming out of the Action Man. So it looked like he was like breathing underwater. Whereabouts was it? It was basically uh, behind where Johnny's was. Just to, just slightly further up. No, no, uh, pretty much behind where Quite Johnny's literally. was. I, I don't think okay. they were affiliated, but um, I think there's a chemist there or something now. Yeah, okay, yeah. But yeah, yeah just that that sort of strip of uh, of shops. But it was great, really, really good.
0: My dad reckons there was some kind of thing and we I couldn't find a, couldn't find anyway. Yeah, but you might know about it, where. Um, a bomb went off in East Street during the war, right? You know, and a horse and cart got blown onto a roof.
1: I've never
0: heard of that. <laughs> no. I'll right, we'll have to do some research before we start putting out wild facts like that. No, that's great. Let's but, put out loads of wild facts. But he did give me another little uh, tidbit, All right? 3rd of August 1991. All right, he has a gunshot though. That is extraordinary, is that's, <laughs> that's just someone slamming the door. I don't know if you've even heard it here down the microphone. Right? And you don't like ambient noise? Pistol shuttering out and a barroom nade. <laughs> no, so, um, yeah, the uh, Bell pub on East Street, two oh, yeah. masked gunmen walk in, open fire, David Brindle and, or was it Brindle? One or two. Brindle Shoot him dead. Brindles were. Brindles, that's yeah, it, yeah. the Brindles were. Uh, shoot Stanley Stilk, Stilk, there as well, he's just uh, having a pint, 47-year-old gentleman. And, uh, yeah, they've never caught the uh, assailants. Some link to the uh, Richardson gang, the, the, uh, some of a reef assifs as, going, as, it, as the, if, br- the brindles and the assifs yeah.
1: going at each other for...
0: there was not long before that there was um a sh- some kind of a hold up incident in the um queen elizabeth pub on Merrow street as well it was mm-hmm. directly opposite where we used to live uh, anyway yeah, i was looking this up right and i like ended up on some racist website which just has um a list of people that have been killed v- victims of multiculturalism is what they say it's just anyone that's been killed by someone who's not white. Oh, it's hideous, man.
1: But also uh, Turkish, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, an interesting. Uh, yeah, was, oh, take horrible man. on violent crime. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, the because the one. thing is, before there were any non-white people in Britain, uh, everyone just died of natural causes, didn't they? Yeah. It was uh, famous for uh, peace and tranquility. Until uh,
0: Lord Pooping came along, and his uh, <laughs> African herb stuff, and
1: his mate with his multicoloured robes. Of course, people are going to start shooting each other. East Street Market also uh, immortalised in the title sequence of Only Fools and Horses. Push, 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 push. And it's never stated. Um, and I know there is a market in Peckham, but whenever they did the outdoor scenes uh, of Del Boy at the store, I always assumed it was East Street. I say there Can is film all in Bristol? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but I always... I mean, storyline-wise, yeah. oh, I always okay. imagine. Because so, I say, there is... You've got, uh, you know, uh, the indoor market in Peckham. Now we're back to episode
0: outside. one, isn't it? South London sitcoms, guys, so... <laughs> full circle, know, full yeah, circle. Yeah, go back and listen to it.
1: But, yeah, I always imagined when they were uh, in a market scene, it was the street market. But as I say, it was never never stated. Like you say, they're, they're filming in Bristol, so they're not too worried about uh Veracity. Speaking of
0: having jobs in East Street,
1: Steve, I used to work in Robert Brown in primary school,
0: worked there in the after school club for a year, and uh that's great, I had a great time man, It's three hours a day, and that was just sort of my limit really for work, that's why my current job is killing me so much man, it's just non-stop work man, <laughs> yeah go there play football with the kids after school, someone gave me some great advice, right, if a kid is getting on your nerves when you're playing football, just blast the ball at them. There's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> who, no, who gave you that advice? I can't say. No. <laughs> Partly because I can't remember, <laughs> but I broke a window.
1: Did the window annoyed you previously? <laughs> <laughs> broke a clock as well. Playing football went whole. But um, this is not painting you as a great sportsman, is it? This is painting you no, as a uh, or playworker.
0: <laughs> no, I tell you what, it's the only time as well in my life that I've ever hallucinated. Through like, fatigue or... No, I, was, I must... I don't know what... I don't know if it was food poisoning or something. I don't know. But I was felt really ill. And I just started... Everything just started becoming blurry. And like... It was just like colours floating around. And I was just like... like I can't supervise these kids anymore. And then um, I was on the way home. Or like walking home. And I vomited on the way home. All oh, right. Went to sleep when I got in. Woke up fine. So some sort so of virus thing, in it? Yeah,
1: yeah. I suppose. Yeah, um, walking down... Uh, through the estates today... You know, we've spotted it before, um, Studland.
0: Studland? Yeah. I would assume... Yeah, on the um, Portland Street, there's uh, four tower blocks, which is weird. They've never seemed to have that kind of grim tower block vibe about them at all, do they? They're kind of red, maybe that's yeah, part of it. Yeah. And like, they've, they've got grass at the bottom. You've got Faraday Gardens next to it, which is quite a nice park. Um, but yeah, three big tower blocks. On one side, you've got Broadmain and Wood something... We've both sound like prisons. And the obviously you've got Studland and Lulworth.
1: So... <laughs> I'd imagine the names would be part of the legacy of, of War of Common. The fact that it was sort of built across, you know, Studland possibly would have been... Horses. Yeah. yeah.
0: Lulworth, obviously that was where people chuckled a lot. <laughs> Broad Mane. So a... Yeah,
1: I don't know what a main would be.
0: A horse, in it?
1: But it's with a Y, isn't it? so I don't but then again that close to Studdman maybe maybe
0: And what's up on wood something Mm. wood in it
1: trees (laughs) so that's that uh,
0: definitely uh, accounted for Portland Street hardcore
1: East Street itself forms a parliamentary boundary did you
0: notice I didn't until I was doing the research for the show oh okay I mean I've always uh, where I live is um, where my parents live is uh, Harriet Harmon country and it's always, always has been since uh, she was born. And uh, But yeah, I and mean, then over the other side you've got Simon Hughes. And yeah. The, but I didn't yeah. realise it, I thought it was further up, I thought Simon Hughes was like Elephant and Castle, but he obviously has like, the El- uh, parts of the elves with the Haygate and stuff in it. So. Yeah.
1: But also, yeah, half of E Street. I don't know if they... um, They must sort of have to compare diaries from time to time to make sure they're both not sort of walking through the market doing photo opportunities. It's been embarrassing. The bulletproof vest. <laughs> what a chief she is. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The thing is, if uh, if it had been her first week on the job and uh, she'd only heard terrible stories, then you'd go, that's still unacceptable, but it's a bit more understandable. The fact that she'd been representing the constituency for 20 years, something ridiculous at that point, isn't it? And she, yeah. she, you know, she's like, you know, representing uh, the area as she does. And she goes, yeah, I'm scared to go through there. So should you be. Such Local an business and investors. Just uh, outrageous behaviour, isn't it? Just playing into everyone's uh, worst fears and ideas about the area.
0: Peckham is rough there.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> just
0: um, My friend Ben, who I mentioned uh, on the Wimbledon episode, as having gone to Wimbledon with me many times, his wife's godfather is Simon Hughes. Oh, right. So it was all over their wedding.
1: Okay. You're doing some research for the show. I was looking at some uh, message boards talking about markets in London and East Street specifically. And you see there's a real pattern emerging where there are about three or four separate American women that have moved to London in their 20s that live nearby that love East Street Market and have never seen anything like it. They couldn't get over how many carrots they could buy. What? They just... They, they were like on like three Where did different... Where they move from? I don't know. But on three different messages, they were like, i just moved from America. East Street Market's amazing. Uh, I've never seen food so cheap and so fresh. It's better than supermarkets. It's cheaper than Borough Market. Because the Borough Market's the obvious comparison to make in terms of South London Markets,
0: isn't it? Um, no, I wouldn't... No? no, because... Warf, uh, East Street Market is more like Deptford Market in it or something like that where it's just a load of junk in it
1: But this is the mean? Thing. whereas
0: Borough Market is
1: an art market but uh, the, uh, one of these women made a point of saying uh, that she bought some tofu in East Street Market that was better and cheaper than any other tofu uh, she bought anywhere else including Borough Market
0: well no Borough Market's not cheap is it but you go there for like fancy stuff don't you you know what I mean it's very different man it's oh, yeah, a fancy yeah. food market Whereas E Street Market is like batteries and... Uh... But it
1: seems like it's got a good reputation for fresh fruit and veg. Oh, right. Much better than you'd imagine. And as i say, you're right, when I think of E Street Market, I think of it as... You think of
0: like getting three uh, cans of Tizer for a pound,
1: did yeah. you? Yeah, and as you say, the shoe stalls, where it's just a mountain of shoes. And if you can find the right one Any and the shoe left five one... five pounds. <laughs> you can find the right one and the left one, and they're the same size, you've got a bargain. But is it worth all that time when you could just buy a pair of shoes? Um, There's some dissenting voices. Uh, There's one guy who... And this, is, this seems to be the thing that you encounter a lot with South London generally, and Woolworth specifically. Um, people who move here from other places uh, are quite generous in their praise of the place and uh, quite happy to talk about how nice it is and how much they enjoy it. The people who have lived here for a while will quite happily uh, run it down. Yeah, it's rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> or the market. Yeah, you're going to go there, are you? I thought quite i quite not I there.
0: don't want anyone to listen to this show and think, oh, i better go to a street market. I, was, go, I, I would say I definitely just go to a, a market. Don't
1: go there. Go to a street market. Get your fruit from the supermarket. Don't get your fruit from the supermarket. It's like bags of oranges for 50p there. It was great.
0: Yeah, I mean, you if you can try before go you go there it. for fruit and veg, but yeah. don't be expecting to walk down there and go, oh, yeah, oh, I'm going to buy myself a personal fan.
1: <laughs> don't go down there for, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe people want Kid Rock t-shirts. If you want Kid Rock t-shirts, they definitely got some. Um, but yeah, oh, um, I, I, also, I think just as like a, it was much closer to the experience market I remember as a child, and I expected it to be. From what I'd read about yeah, it, it's a problem. Yeah, lots
0: of people were there as well. Yeah, this
1: is, from what I'd read about it, as there's people like this guy who goes, uh, you know, it's run down. And people are like, uh, oh, you go there now, it's a ghost town. I remember when my uncle had a stall down there and there's nothing down there now. And you're like, there's loads of people down there now and yeah. loads of things. You know, there are things that have gone that I would argue uh, should be missed. The, the sarsaparilla stall was... Uh, uh, you know hugely memorable part of my young life Do you ever go down there in the Sarsaparilla stall there nah
0: but you don't stop going on about the show Steve no either. I love it can't get some Sarsaparilla you've lived for a long
1: time or something <laughs> yeah I might have misquoted it because I've seen it quoted uh, differently elsewhere. but yeah it was, uh, it was great and I don't see why there isn't space for because uh, like Baldwin's on the Wharf Road sells Sarsaparilla why yeah. they haven't got a, a stall down there selling over Sarsaparilla
0: you know why why because they're selling it from the shop Steve they don't need a stall as well. Yeah, How many it?
1: people are going there to buy a diluted drink? This is the thing you buy it, you uh, sell the uh, bottles in the shop at whatever price, you sell it for like a pound a cup on this shit market. The markup is ridiculous. You think people are going to buy it? People yeah. want cans of Rubicon now. No, they'll, they'll, they'll drink sarsaparilla and warm sarsaparilla in, in winter. It's an all year round business plan. I don't know. They're leaving money <laughs> on the table. They're lunatics these people. Why
0: don't you get it going, man?
1: I'm, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to just go to Baldwin's. Buy some uh, sauce bread and just sell it at like a eight hundred percent markup just down the road for my business. Yeah, hopefully, and then I'll own, I'll be the sauce bread king in South London. Nah, no, you'd be getting high on your own supply. <laughs> yeah. what do you have got no sauce bread It's eleven o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. I was thirsty.
0: I'm drinking it undiluted.
1: Yes, the, this guy on the special was talking about how run down the market was, uh, how there was traders rubbish everywhere. Um, and the smell from the wet fish stalls was overpowering. That has
0: always been disgusting, has not it? But it's like to hold my breath walking past the walking past fish shops. it's yeah. so disgusting.
1: The idea that wet fish has got smellier in the last thirty years yeah. is ridiculous, isn't it? It's like he's going, you know, it's not like when I yes it, it, it smells exactly the same. Wet fish smells exactly the same. And and this is the thing, traders rubbish. There you know, there's no way you're telling me that in the fifties van the dustpan dustpan, dust dustbin cart what's it called?
0: <laughs> Dustcart? What'd you call it? I don't know what you're trying to say. You know where the the car the dustman drives the van. Yeah
1: yeah. Dust cut. Yeah, I guess, yeah.
0: Yeah, they uh sweep it all up at the end, Yeah, they? of course they leave it. Well, I, I think I think his they.
1: argument was like while the market's working there's rubbish everywhere. But my thing is there would have always been boxes. Oh when I yeah, when I was
0: a kid there was no rubbish on the
1: floor. And this is and the thing fish, wet fish smell like roses. <laughs> also, if you went there in the seventies and eighties, you had all these things. And you would have uh, dog muck everywhere, because culturally you haven't reached a point where people would let their dogs defecate and they would pick it up afterwards, they would just leave it. So if anything, it would have smelt worse.
0: Remember that white dog muck, Steve? You used to go, down, yeah. where's, hard. where's that gone? Oh, no, I know, I missed it.
1: <laughs> Get a dog.
0: White dog muck now and then. <laughs> There's a clip on the British Pathé website, which is also on... Um, YouTube, which you might have seen, Steve. That seven minutes of East Street from nineteen seventy one, which I it comes this raw footage from a documentary about the Old Kent Road. Is it? Yeah, yeah. That's quite interesting. Yeah,
1: I'll be putting up.
0: Yeah, on SouthLondonHardcore dot com, and if you wanted to tweet us to say, oh, I went to East Street once. And- I had my first second with a monkey and I had a <laughs> tin of sauce <laughs> And I had some donuts. Remember they used to make donuts there? They yeah. did fry, you know, lovely. Well, do you remember the bakers that was next to Robin's wait, 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 Steve. Wait. You can tweet us at SLHC Podcast if you want to tell us
1: any of those things and Steve will read it he might even retweet it. Go on. Do you remember the bakers that was next to Robin's Toysel? So as long as that sort of strip of shops. And they used to have like ridiculously elaborate birthday cakes in the window.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was no, mad, wasn't yeah. it? You'd sort of
1: go there and they'd have like... Um, but they
0: probably did a roaring trade in wedding cakes and stuff.
1: But they, I, I always remember they'd have like a, a birthday cake and it'd be like... I swear there was one and it was uh, like a, a, a full-size football pitch with 22 players on it. Full-size? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scale, one That's for a one. keeping in Garden. <laughs> and even then, it was still spilling out a little bit. But um, yeah, it had like both goals and like, all the markings laid out. It was... Um, yeah. Incredible bit of work. And, um, Rothos and Mari's. Probably the two most famous cafes yeah. on East Street.
0: Yeah. Where, did we go to
1: Mari's recently, or was it a reincarnation of Mari- Mari's? It's uh, it's a reincarnation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we went there for a breakfast a couple of months ago now, wasn't it? Mm. It was alright. Coughing it. I mean, we went to Eddie's on, um. Don't know if we should name it. Why? Because I'm going to be quiet. Dismissive
0: of the uh, coffee. Yeah, we went there just a minute at the end of East Street. Just turned right on Old Kent Road. We uh, had a quick breakfast. That
1: was a breakfast. It looked nice. it
0: was alright, man. With that like pudding though, I want—I wasn't proper about with pudding for once in my life. Do you know what I mean? With this all kind of not so smoothly cut. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A bit kind of rougher. But you just don't really—you go to a cafe, just churn out the same junk, man. Like the bob and squeak looked like it was out of a packet. Like the coffee, though, like you say, Steve. The coffee, I've never... It's just red hot water and milk, <laughs> right? With a bit of foam. It. And it just put a teaspoonful full of... Uh, coffee on top coffee of it Coffee on the foam. And it's just sitting on the foam. So you didn't realise like what you were supposed to do.
1: I assumed... When I, when it was presented to me, I assumed that they put a lot of chocolate on top of that. I didn't ask for chocolate for one thing, and there was a lot of chocolate there. And I was like, these granules of chocolate haven't even... Unfortunately, I checked first. So Lucky I was there, Steve. Yeah, otherwise I would just sip some uh, boiling hot water and milk and, <laughs> and uh, a mouthful of uh, instant coffee. Some coffee granules on my uh, upper lip. Yeah, it's just, it's, I've never seen that before and I don't understand the value. Rubbish in it, they just. It, the,
0: the coffee situation in London cafes is an absolute joke.
1: But I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Like, it, it, what does it say even? Like seven seconds of stirring. I, was, I got lost. In the street market as a child. Oh, yeah, He got separated from my mom. Terrifying, yeah, horrible. Um, I was taken to uh, Carter Street Police.
0: Oh, yeah, it's around really the cool, uh, huh? yeah.
1: Uh, and I think it's not the there point, anymore, is it? No, no, closed down. Um, to try and reassure me, uh, because obviously I'm scared anyway. I've been scared. How old were you? 14, 15? it's last week. Uh, I don't know, I would say sort of. Under five or six. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, old enough to know uh that I'm lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh old enough to know what an orphan is. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, this woman sort of took me to Carter Street and um apparently my mum was just like sobbing her way through East Street trying to find me. Yeah. Which, and then eventually found me at Carter Street. But I think because I was quite you know, I'm I'm scared and it's an intimidating place to go to a police station, the best that's what it's designed for as a job. Um and they were sort of like uh, talking to me, the police, and trying to reassure me. And uh, I think to try and reassure me, uh, one of the policemen told me that uh, they had Chewbacca in one of the cells at the back, uh, which just terrified me even more. He seemed to think that uh, a giant hairy alien just round the corner was going to reassure me. Like, oh, brilliant. That's so I get to see Chewbacca. And all I could think of was, uh, I'm probably going to die. And I'm probably going to die at Chewbacca's hands. And uh, just like started crying again. Would you Horrible. describe
0: him as a wookie cop? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was
0: uh, a a wookie era. Right
1: <laughs> uh,
0: well, on a more serious note, though, Steve. Yeah, my mum was telling me once about some ch- child murder in uh, some kidnapping in um, E Street. Yeah, like in the late eighties, I think. Yeah, right. And like you know, but I t- I googled it and I couldn't see anything. And I thought, you know what? Don't really need to know about this. No, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So if you do know about that, don't tweet at us at Podcast and don't email us at com. and don't like us on Facebook. Anything else, Steve? Do? iTunes? Don't leave a comment on iTunes either, obviously, <laughs> or rate us. <laughs>